Well, good morning. It's good to see you this morning. It's hard to believe it's December, but it's here. I want to say a word of thanks right off the bat to Tara, who was singing for us this morning. She was filling in for Kate, who's sick and couldn't sing. And Tara is herself sick, so don't give her a hug or shake her hand or anything this morning. But uh, thank you, Tara, for that. Uh, also, uh, want to say a word of thanks to Bob Priest, who spoke for me last week. And I appreciate that very much. Listen to the live stream as Laura and I were uh, away. And uh, it, it was just a wonderful message, wonderful service. And I mean, just a word of encouragement to all of you uh, to take advantage of that. I know some of you will be traveling off and on throughout the next several weeks. And uh, really, throughout the year, it happens. But take advantage of it. On our, on, just go to our webpage and there's a little, uh, the little icon live stream. It's not complicated. Just click. And uh, it used to be more complicated than it is now. So just, uh, just click and uh, take advantage of that. And I know God will bless you. And uh, just thrilled to have those who are tuning in via live stream to do so. Because we have some of you got family members all over the country watching on a routine basis. So that's, that's kind of cool too. So hello to all of you. Uh, if you're uh, just with us today for the first time in a while, uh, we're continuing a series that we've been in this fall. It's entitled, Help Me Understand Holiness. Uh, this is what we've been doing uh, you know, for several weeks now. And I don't know if you followed the news or not, but if you have this fall, it seems like it's been scripted to underscore the importance of what we're talking about. Has it not seemed like that? It's, of course it's not. The, the news isn't. But the fact is... Uh, our world, our nation desperately needs a fresh wave of holiness to sweep over it. We need it in Washington, D.C. We need it in Hollywood. We need it in every news organization. The truth is, I need it in me. You need it in you. We need it in us. And, and all substantive change really begins right here in a cultural, uh, from a cultural standpoint. So... Uh, throughout this series, we've been, uh, we've been looking at Scripture and trying to say, Lord Jesus, I can't solve every problem in the world, but I can, I can work on me with God's help, with your help. I can do that. And so we've been focusing on holiness, learning from Jesus. Today we're going to be in Matthew 6 of your Bible. If you have it with you, open it up to Matthew 6. We're going to listen to Jesus again this morning. While, we're doing that, while you're turning there, I want to ask you a question, though. I want you to just think with me about this. And it's, it's not a terribly, deeply spiritual question initially, and you'll, you'll see, but just, just think with me about this. Have you ever noticed, if you decide to spend your money to buy a Ford Fusion car, what happens? You start seeing them everywhere, right? You ever notice that? You buy, you buy a new car, Ford Fusion, whatever it is, you, you start seeing it everywhere. Uh, you, you notice it on the road, you notice them in parking lots, you notice them on automotive transport trucks that before you just... They're just a big truck driving down the road. You don't even notice it, but because it's your car, you notice it. Uh, you see those commercials more than you did before. You're at the dentist's office. You notice on the cover of a, of a car magazine sitting on a table there, oh, there's my car. And you open it up, and you, for the first time, like, in decade, you read an article in a car magazine because it's about your car. How does that happen? How does that happen? Maybe you sponsor a child in Guatemala and, and financially you're helping him or her, you're helping get education to get medical care, spiritual development. I know a lot of you do this, whether it's Guatemala or Mexico or other parts of the world. What happens if you hear there's been an earthquake in Guatemala or wherever your child is? Suddenly you listen to the news story, correct? I mean, a news story that would have been just 
noise before. Suddenly you tune in, uh, you, you pray about this place and your child and their, their uh, community that they're part of in ways that you wouldn't otherwise. In the Bible, Jesus explains to us how this happens. Matthew chapter 6, 21, a couple of weeks ago, we uh, read this foundational principle of life that Jesus teaches here. I want to bring it back to your attention this morning as we head into our message this morning. He says this, Matthew 6, 21, Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. I mean, all of these things I'm talking about are just manifestations of that principle. On a practical level, he's just saying if you're investing in Sprint, you're going to be emotionally attached to Sprint in a way that somebody who has another carrier is not. If you're a season ticket holder for the Chiefs, you're going to be emotionally tied to them. In a way, someone else is. If you're giving tuition money to KU, you're going to rejoice during basketball season. You're going to mourn during football season. <laughs> in a way that somebody else uh, who has no financial attachment doesn't. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Now, with that backdrop, Okay, with that backdrop, Jesus goes on a few verses later to say this to people who want to be his followers, who want to grow in genuine holiness. Matthew 6, look at verses 33 and 34 with me. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he'll give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I mean, it's just two brief verses. I want you to read it out loud with me. Read them out loud with me, okay? Let's read them together. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. You know, in these two verses, Jesus concisely lays out for people who want to be his followers and grow in genuine holiness four priorities for living. This morning, for the next few minutes, we're going to look at those priorities because we live in a world that's filled with distractions and hucksters who are relentlessly vying for your time, attention, money. They want you to use your influence to advocate their product or whatever their service is or whatever their central interest is. And each of us needs to know, each of us needs to embrace the four principles that Jesus lays out here. He tells us this for our own good. Because he knows that every other promise, every other, every other distraction is just that. It's, it's a temporal distraction that will not serve you well in the long term. But what Jesus is telling us here will serve us now and forever. And so for the next few minutes, we're going to listen to Jesus and reflect on his word together. By the end, I hope we understand holiness a little better. The first priority for holy living that was mentioned by Jesus in this passage is we need to seek God's kingdom. And hear this, first. We need to seek it first. Or as he says in the New Living Translation, above all else. Ahead of cars or careers, we need to seek his kingdom. Ahead of, ahead of fame or fortune. Ahead of fun or family. I, mean, I want you to think about the meaning of the word all. Seek God's kingdom above all. Everything. 
anything else. It's an all-inclusive word. He's speaking, think of the grand total sum of things in your life. And above all of that, I want you to seek, seek my kingdom first. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Now, part of what Jesus is driving at here is really illustrated so well in the Christmas story. Most of us remember the story of the wise men, the magi, who, who left their homes, their kingdoms in the distant east. What did they do? They leave everything behind and spend weeks and months on a journey to see a little baby that was foretold to them would be born not by the press corps, not by, you know, some courier. How did they, they learn about it from a star, okay? A star. How many things have you done based on a star, okay? This is, but this is what they did. They left everything behind, their families, they left their wealth, their kingdom, their, their influence, all of that was left. They left their security behind, and they go to this distant land, to search for the newborn king, to worship him, to honor him, to submit themselves to him, to say, we want to be submissive to your kingdom, your, your royal rule. They were seeking God's kingdom first, ahead of anything else in their lives. Argu argument could be made that you've done a similar thing today. It's a scaled down, simpler version for all of us. But the fact is, today... You're either here in this room, why? Because you're wanting to acknowledge God. You're seeking Him. You're listening to the live stream today because you want to seek Him. You're, you're saying with your body, with your mind, with your presence, I'm seeking God. Minimally, I want to understand your ways better. I'm trying to figure out who you are, what you're up to in my life and the world in which we live. You've put Him first today. It doesn't mean that tomorrow you will or I will. It, it means that today I've done that, right? That's part of what it means to seek God's kingdom first. But you know, it means more than that. The Bible tells us in ancient Babylon that when Darius became king in uh, Daniel 6.2, the scripture says the king chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers. And then he, he adds this phrase. He says, and protect the king's interests. I want you to think about that phrase with me. We have a king. And you and I are also seeking God's kingdom first above all else when you and I invest our time, our influence, our resources to protect our king's interests in the world. Our king is interested in the poor, in the oppressed, the defenseless, Widows, orphans, children. The word of God is our king's interest. The gospel of Christ, law and order and righteous living are a part of our king's interest. The church, which is his bride, the body of Christ, is way up high on the list of his interests. He died for the church, the scriptures tell us. The worldwide spread of the saving message of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, a part of his interest. A few other things we could highlight like that, but here's the point. The point is, when you and I place those things high on our list, way up here, when we make them priorities in our lives, we are putting the king's interests ahead of our own, and in doing so, we're seeking him.
his kingdom. He wants us to do that, think about this, first. Not second. Or third. Or whenever we get around to it. Whenever it serves our interest. Or when everybody else thinks it's popular. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. It's the first priority for holy living. It's taking that seriously and seriously endeavoring to live that way. Does that mean that I'm never going to, that I'm, that I'm never going to fail at that? Of course not. I mean, you're going to fail at that. Every one of us does. That's, that's not the point. The point is that today I wake up and say, how, oh God, can I seek your kingdom first in my life? And you head in that direction. Second priority for holy living that Jesus highlights in this passage for us is that we need to learn to trust God's promises. You see, we're never going to seek his kingdom first if we don't learn to trust his promises. The wise men were sort of an illustration of this. They trusted God's promises, as I made the point, was spoken through a star. Probably wouldn't have moved much, many of us, but they, it got their attention. And it's significant to me that if a star got their attention, how much more should the words of Jesus get ours? How much more? In Scripture, Jesus asks you and me to trust the promises that were communicated through his own lips. In the verses just before these two, Jesus talks about this. We looked at these verses a few weeks ago, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. But in verses 25 through 33, Jesus says this, I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Listen to the promises he's making here. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't, the li isn't life more than food, your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And notice what he says. Say this last phrase with me. And he will give you everything you need. Repeat that phrase with me. He will give you everything you need. Sometimes we just need to repeat that phrase a little bit because we believe, but we need to pray, Oh God, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. You see, testing and coming to trust these promises is one of the top priorities of holy living. And yes, you heard me right. I said testing. Testing and coming to trust these promises is one of the top priorities. Here's how holy people have tested the promises of God in this passage for centuries. They've given 
money and treasures away. They've given it away. They've given their resources to protect and advance the king's interests. And when they do that, which God in Scripture tells us, test me in this, when we do that, we get a chance to see God move. And as we watch God provide for us, trust grows. And it gives us a little more courage to be more generous. And then we watch God move and trust continues to grow. And before long, we eventually find out that, oh my goodness, I didn't realize this, that like everything I have in my life came from him. I, I, can't, I can't outgive God. God is generous. He's... He's rich. Somehow through circumstances I can't fully understand when I give it away, things come back. My needs are, it's as though he knows what my needs are before I even ask them, which, surprise, surprise, is exactly what he tells us. Are you testing and coming to trust the promises of God spoken of by Jesus? You know, this is a wonderful season of year to do that. I, every day is what we're called to do this, but, but Christmas is a wonderful season of year. I don't know if you looked in your bulletin or not this, this morning as Tara hit on these things, but, but inside of it there's this little insert that says at the top, are you looking for ways to bless others this Christmas? And just check out these opportunities to bless others. And it highlights things like adopt a Southwoods ministry partner, and on the back of it it has all of our different ministry partners, and, and you can... Uh, you can adopt one of them and do something special for them this Christmas season. As part of, we want you to know the things that we do as a church on a, routinely ba a routine basis. We want you to understand what you put the offering plate doesn't just turn on lights and, and uh, running water and stuff in the building. It, 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 it's resourcing a whole lot of other places. And all of these we're resourcing in significant ways. So, but you can, you can adopt one of them. Uh, you can bring items for Southwood's uh, food pantry. We have people on a regular basis who take advantage of our food pantry. It's in the building next door if you're unaware of that. You could bring something for that. There's information there. Uh, you could donate a new Bible to Rachel House Crisis Pregnancy Center. Uh, they need Bibles. And they give these to new moms. And, uh, many of whom who have no Bible have little to no Bible knowledge and you can resource them in that way. You can give new socks to True Light Ministries. You can make a special year-end contribution to Southwoods. Why do we put that there? Because the fact is, I mean, we got stuff around here that needs to be done that isn't budgeted for, you know? One of these days, we need to replace our van that our students use and others. That's getting high mileage. One of these, have you, have you parked in the parking lot lately and looked at the, the stripes? <laughs> Yeah, you parked in the parking lot. The stripes have faded. Some of the parking lot needs to be fixed, those kind of things. I, you know, these are things that we've got to do. I mean, they're just, but it's like, those are the kinds of things nobody gets excited about, you know? Mud jacking your driveway. Do you get, do you get motivated about that? Is that, woohoo? Of course not. I mean, nobody's all whipped up about that. Nobody's 
thrilled to work on a parking lot. But the fact is, these are things that have to be done. I can make a list of these kinds of things that, that just are around here. You can make a special year-end contribution to Southwoods, which helps advance all of these kind of things and all the stuff we do here week in and week out. You can serve a meal at True Light Ministries on December 16th. Learn more about one of our ministry partners and and be a blessing. You talk to Terry Cass about that. There are other things that you could do because we've got lots of people who have specific needs. That well, What's my point in this? My point is, is that this would be a good, a good season for you to test the promises of God and to be generous towards someone, someone who has a need and watch God move to bless them through you and to bless you as a byproduct of that. And I don't mean just make you feel good, but for you to be able to then watch because you've created space in your life. You, you took something that you were going to spend on yourself or something else and you've given it away and now you have room you, to see God move. And remember that principle? Where your treasure is, there your heart is. That's a second priority for holy living. Third priority for holy living that Jesus highlights here in this text is we need to choose, we need to choose righteous living. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because the whole series has been about this a lot. But look at verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And notice what he says. And live righteously. Live righteously. Here's the great challenge for you and me. It's, it's that we've got to choose this. If you and I think we're going to drift into righteous living, uh, we've been smoking something or something. We're to choose righteous living, whether it's popular or not, profitable or not, convenient or not, whether I understand everything about it or not. I need to choose righteous living when everyone's looking and when no one is looking. Because guess what? God is always looking. So I reflected on this this past week. This is the way it came to me. For those of us who are choosing holy, righteous living, sin doesn't cease to be sin because it's become fashionable. And right living doesn't cease to be right because it's become unfashionable. The priority of holy living is that I am going to choose to live righteously regardless of what anyone or everyone around me does. This priority will stretch each of us. It's been stretching God's people since the garden, since the beginning. And I believe the only way to succeed at this priority and the only way to really seek God's kingdom first, the only way to trust God's promises, the only way to like really live holy lives comes down to the fourth priority that Jesus hits on here in our text, which is we need to focus on today. We need to focus on today. Notice what Jesus says. Look at verse 34. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Read that verse out loud with me, if you would. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. We need to focus on 
today. Not tomorrow. I would even add, not yesterday. Some of us are obsessed with yesterday. And tomorrow will never happen because yesterday entraps us. So much of Christmas, so much of Jesus' arrival on the planet was to deal with yesterday and to make a tomorrow possible. That's what he did, what he came for. According to Jesus, we don't need to focus on anything but to today. We need to seek God's kingdom today. We need to trust God's promises today. We need to choose righteous living today, regardless of consequences, preferences. Let God worry about tomorrow. Jesus shed blood was for yesterday. Focus on today. It's a popular Christmas song that's uh, most of you probably heard. It's called, uh, if you listen to contemporary Christian music at all you know, during the Christmas season, uh, it's called Mary, Did You Know? I mean, I know some of you, it's kind of your favorite Christmas song. And um, I want you to think about some of the lyrics with me for a moment, okay? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? You just picture Mary, the little manger, baby Jesus. Did you know that he'd walk on water? You know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? The child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby, you've kissed the face of God. Mary, did you know? Did you know that the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again, the lame will leap, the dumb will speak, the praises of the Lamb? Did you know that your baby boy is the Lord of all creation? Did you know that he will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? And it sort of wraps up singing, this sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. Oh, Mary, did you know? It's a beautiful song. The Bible tells us that Mary reflected on the words of the angels and pondered the worship of the shepherds. Luke 2 tells us that. And marveled at the arrival and the gifts of the wise men and no doubt just poured over the words of Scripture she and Joseph must have. But do you know how the Holy Mother and Father survived and succeeded in their divine mission? You know how they did that? They didn't spend all their time thinking about how it was all going to turn out. They didn't worry and obsess on tomorrow or yesterday. They focused on seeking God first, trusting His promises, living righteously, 
today. Today. You know, if they hadn't done that, I kind of think they might have spontaneously combusted. And sometimes I think if, if we don't do that, it could happen to us too. The worry that will well up in us, the fear, the concern, sometimes the pride. Seek God's kingdom today. If we make that our priority, we'll be heading in the right direction. That's how holy, faith-filled people think and attempt to live and have done so for centuries. For centuries. Let's be among those people. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. We're going to wrap up with prayer this morning. Maybe you need help in some area of your life and you'd like someone to pray for you about that. We'd be happy to do that this morning. Just after we pray, just come on down. We'll pray specifically for you. Any, anybody wants that? Maybe the Spirit of God is just tugging at your heart and saying, you know, you need to seek me. You need to seek all kinds of other things and you're running here and there and you just need to seek me. When you find me, you'll find what you're looking for. Maybe today is the day the Holy Spirit's just saying that to you and you just need to bow your, your head, your heart, your spirit to him and acknowledge that he's King of kings and Lord of lords and you're not and invite him to cleanse you and fill you. Make you his own. You can do that this morning. So we pray and... You've never demonstrated that you're surrendered to him in baptism as the scripture teaches. We can help you with that. Just open your heart to him this morning. God will meet you where you are. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for every single person here. But as important as everyone is here to me, God, you are so much more important to all of us. We thank you for your sacrifice, Lord Jesus. For the death you died, for the resurrection you had, which demonstrated your power, your authority over sin, over death, over all the things that bind us over to fear in the course of life. We thank you for your sinlessness. You can give us the power to triumph over sin and its addictions and everything else. You have the power to do that by way of your spirit. This morning, we just invite you to fill us, to cleanse us, to make you, to make us yours. Help us, God, to head in the direction decisively of seeking first your kingdom, living righteously. God, we, we, we need your help to that end. There's something that your spirit's talking to any one of us about this morning. I ask that you'd give us the courage to, to follow your lead, to trust that you're good, to trust your promises. And God, we just want to praise you and thank you. Like the wise men of old who came to worship you, we've come this morning to worship you and bend our knees and just say, you're God, you're, you're the king. You're the great I am. You're the Lamb of God who's come to take away the sins of the world. Thank you. Thank you. 
Help us to reflect on that this week. Help us to be emissaries and ambassadors of yours everywhere we go. Help us to, to be people who spread hope and help and blessing to live for your interests. And we'll rejoice to be yours. Go with us now, Father. This is our prayer, and we lift it together in the name of Jesus. And everybody agreed with me and said, Amen. 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 Bless you all.